Hey everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pros, and this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I have a very special guest with me here today. She is a professional speaker talking to a diverse audiences from 80 to 8,000 people around the world. Co-author of multiple business fables, including the number one best-selling title, Go For No, Yes is, the, yes is the Destination, No is How You Get There. She is passionate about teaching audiences how they can overcome fear of failure and rejection and reprogram, reprogram them on how they think about the word no. This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Please welcome Andrea Waltz. Andrea, thank you so much for being with me here today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Michael. My pleasure. Great. So, Andrea, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the kind of the pre-interview. I really appreciate you taking the time to um, to approve the podcast because I was trying to be unique in the way I, I got your attention. I know you're probably incredibly busy. Uh, we created this this animated image to get your attention on Twitter. So I'm glad I'm glad that worked. I it worked and I thought it was genius. Great. And I, I'm sure we can you can dabble into creativity and sales and all that kind of good stuff later uh, later in the in the episode. So I think this is a good a good way to kind of kick things off. So with that being said, you know, Andrew, I love how you talk about and, and I read a little bit about your your book and, and just your experience and talk you talk a lot about courage and overcoming fears and failures. Into, in relation to business and sales. So what has really driven you to speak around the world on these topics? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> I never thought that I would be doing that. Never planned on, first of all, being a professional speaker. And actually, when I gave my talk in the seventh grade on the dangers of smoking, it went so badly, so incredibly badly that I vowed right then and there that I would do everything within my power to not ever have to speak in front of an audience ever again. <laughs> um, but I am super passionate about this topic in particular. I'm sure that if you asked me to stand up and give a presentation on the dangers of smoking, it probably still wouldn't go all that well because, you know, I, 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 not as not quite as passionate about that. Um, as I yeah. am helping people over their fear of failure and rejection. And uh, so that all started because when I met my now husband, we were in corporate jobs working at Lens Crafters, and he told me a little story that's of something that happened to him that is actually in our book that really changed the way I viewed the word no. And that's what we ended up doing. We quit our corporate jobs and ended up teaching a concept called go for no. And I saw that it was the thing that of eight hours worth of training that we might do, that little topic was the thing that resonated with people the most, that people really feared the word no, and that this powerful little mindset shift really helped them. And so it just, mm -hmm. it's kind of one of these things where I think the um, people that we were teaching, their enthusiasm fueled me. And the more interested in that topic, um, my husband and I, Richard, and I got and dug into it and started to develop, the more passionate we became about it. And then 
about 10 years ago, we pretty much decided that that was what our specialty was, was literally helping people overcome their fear of the word no. And that's, that is uh, the focus of everything that we do from a speaking and really a training standpoint. And it's, um, I'm passionate about it because it's so sad when I see people not living their dreams or not trying to uh, achieve something just because of the rejection involved. It's one thing to fail. It's just a whole other thing to me to really hold yourself back. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, I do. And, and I think the problem is, is that a lot of us want to hear the, the word yes all the time because there's, I believe in me being in business and running, running a company, there's, I think people just, I, I hate saying this in general, because I know there's a lot of people that are not afraid of rejection. They've been through so much and they're, you know, hearing the word no is just, it just goes through one year throughout the other. You know what I mean? Yes. They're not, they're so used to it. But the problem is, especially with the young generation is that they, when they hear the word no, they get threatened and they feel like they failed. So they just give up. And there's no, there's this kind of lack of perseverance and, and, and just understanding that there's, it takes a lot of no's to get to the yes. Mm -hmm. And, and for me and my experience that worked, you know, cause I've been turned down so many times and I failed so many times, but yet I, you know, I found a way to, to, um, to, to reach, uh, you know, to reach a, a lot of my potential, you know, so yeah, and that that is really what it's all about. I mean, it it is, and a lot of people. It's funny that you'd say uh, some people don't have a fear of rejection, but I will tell you this. I mean, if we speak for a thousand people, um, I will have one or two come up after after our talk and say, uh, you know, I have no fear of rejection. But the majority, I mean, with all of the people that we meet and speak to, I feel like the majority of people, 90 percent, have. Uh, pretty significant fear of rejection, um, lots of underlying things because of that, due to that. And then you have a very small extra percentage, maybe it's 10 or 15% that is like, has super anxiety around it. And to that, to those people, they're almost um, the ones where it's like, even beyond a sales issue, right? It's it's more mm -hmm. psychology and things like that. So we, we kind of try to focus on that middle um, sixty to eighty percent. And is yours is your sales experience or just experience in general? Is it more in coaching and talking on outbound sales or inbound sales, or is it really both? So it, it's kind of really both. And to give you just kind of the lay of the land in terms of the whole philosophy, um, the story that that uh, Richard shared with me that really kind of changed my perception about hearing yes and no was when he was working for a menswear clothing company. This was this goes back years ago now into the 80s, and he was selling suits for a living, and he was doing abysmally, and they were pretty sure they were going to fire him. And the district manager, this guy by the name of Harold, came into the store, and uh, Richard thought that if he could impress this guy, Harold, his district manager, they would give him some more time to improve his sales. So um, right. they, they open up the store, this customer happens to walk in and Richard takes care of this customer. And the customer basically was like, I want to buy an entire wardrobe of clothing. So Richard proceeded to take care of this guy and sell him a suit and sport coat and slacks and ties, belt, underwear, pocket square, like this huge $1,100 sale. 
And he's no, and he knows that Harold's watching this, right? And he's thinking, oh, I'm, this is going to be great. Harold's going to think I'm a great salesperson. I'm not going to be fired, blah, blah, blah. So at the end of the sale, Harold comes over and says, hey, that was a nice sale, Richard. And he goes, yeah, did you see that? It was $1,100. That was great. And Harold said, yeah, it was great. But do you mind if I ask you a question? And Richard said, well, sure. What is it? And he said, well, out of curiosity, what did that customer say no to during that sale? And Richard said, what do, you, what do you mean? What did he say no to? You saw that sale. It, I mean, he bought all of these things and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what he said yes to. It's really easy. Everything that is on the sales check, he said yes to. I'm just asking you, what did that customer say no to? And Richard thought about it and realized in that moment that the customer didn't say no to anything. Everything he laid in front of that guy, the guy was like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. I'll take it. Right. And so Harold said to Richard, he said, you know, you're a good salesperson, but your fear of the word no is going to kill you. I think if you could just learn to get over that, you could be a great salesperson. And so Richard realized that he didn't know if he had what it took to succeed necessarily, but he knew what it, he had what it took to fail. He knew he could start hearing no more often. And if he just started showing more things to more customers and, and hearing more no's that it would increase his sales. And that's exactly what he did. And a year later, he became an award-winning sales person, went on to training. And then we met and he told me that story. And I realized I was the same. I, I, I sold the exact same way. And so we have taught the go for no philosophy and, and that's just like kind of that foundational story. Um, but we've taught the philosophy and everything underlying it, all of the psychology and the mindset to, to B2B, B2C, inbound, outbound, it doesn't matter because for every one who's selling, there are go for no moments. There's a moment where you need to ask, you need to either ask the gatekeeper if you can get through to the person you want to talk to, you need to, you're, mm -hmm. maybe you're talking to the ideal prospect and you, you're trying to ask for an appointment or you might be in a brick and mortar location and you're trying to ask for the order or upsell, right? There's just a zillion go for no moments where you have the choice to ask. You have the choice to, to help the customer make a decision, yes or no. And that's what we want to encourage people to do more of. And we're, we're in the area of sales uh, do you ex experience more no's? Do you think it's more like uh, door knocking or cold calling or uh, what's kind of your take on that? Yeah, that is such a good question. I think that it's probably, <clears throat> it, it, it probably is cold calling um, and certainly it is door knocking. And it reminds me of a time where we were filming it. We filmed a documentary movie on this idea of go for no back in 2009. And we interviewed all these different people. And we happened to, this was so crazy, um, on the street, run into um, these two young guys. They were super nice. They were just great. And they were Mormons. And they were, you know, going door to door and wanting to talk to people about their religious mm -hmm. beliefs. And so talk about, I mean, they were telling us they just hear no all day long and not nice no's, right? People oh, yeah. literally slamming the door in their face, right? So I think that the when you are just pursuing people without necessarily knowing if they are at all qualified um, to have what you what you want to share, then the harder it becomes and the more no's you get. The more research that you can do up front, the more you kind of have an idea that this 
you know, I, I've got a 50-50 chance that this person is a targeted lead or a qualified prospect or, and the more that that percentage goes up, I think the fewer no's you get. But these days it is all about getting your foot in the door and getting noticed. And so that's why we have all of these, you know, great pieces of technology and social media and all of these things to kind of help the awareness so that it makes it easier for us to get our foot in the door. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, and do you, do you feel Andrea that having a fear of rejection, which you talk a lot about, is it one of the main reasons holding back salespeople from essentially reaching their highest potential or is there more to it you think? You know, I think for some people it's more to it. There, there's always there's always more to it um, in terms of well, there's two aspects. One is there's more to it in terms of skill, and sometimes people just don't have the skill because they're not putting mm-hmm. themselves in positions often enough to have selling conversations, and so it becomes very difficult to know what the right phrasing is or to utilize a script or what have you, because they're just not doing it enough. I I think, and I don't want to generalize here, but we believe that most people have a quantity issue. And what I mean by that is they're just not talking to or sharing their story with enough people. And obviously, um, I don't want to say that oh sales is a numbers game and that's the end of it because that would be really sh- that would be really short sighted. That's only part of it. Um, but when you have the numbers in your favor and you are working on getting your quantity up, that is when you have the opportunity then to work on your quality and start really practicing and to start really getting better. So skill is definitely a part of it. But I think also to your question, mindset is huge. And there's a lot of interesting mindsets that I find, especially because we work a lot with um, kind of, I guess you would say outside more entrepreneurial salespeople, whether they're um, independent insurance agents or financial planners or real estate, Mm -hmm. direct selling. And so what, what I find is that, you know, they're kind of on their own um, they're not micromanaged, and so there's a, there's a lot that they have to deal with, and a lot that they need to work on. And mindset really is one of those big things, and it is that fear of rejection. Yeah, yeah, I, I realize that. You know, from training salespeople, I realize that a lot of them are just the, the problem is that they're not. It just seems like they they don't want to like we like I talked about before. They don't want to hear the word no they feel that sometimes you know because they're passionate because they might be intelligent that that the person they're talking to is going to say yes or give them an opportunity but when they hear the no they kind of feel discouraged but as you know i like when you talked about uh quantity and quality because i agree i don't think it's just quantity i don't think it's just the numbers game right i mean you can get you sometimes you instead of getting 100 lead qualified you know leads you might just get 10 leads but out of those 10 leads, you might close one or two of them, which is a pretty good closing rate, right? So with that being mm-hmm. said, I think there's a lot more that goes into it, like passion, right? And your approach, right? There's there's way to, there's ways to talk to people. So you don't, you know, sometimes when you feel they're going to say no to you, there's ways to turn it around in the way you talk to them, right? In the way you approach them. Your personality, right, your, your tone of voice, right? 
Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because um, I think that if you if you kind of started ranking all of the different skills, it's always hard to um, to figure out, you know, where <laughs> what goes first. Right. What's what's important and certainly having a great personality. And I think you I think um, above all. And I read this the other day and I can't remember who I was reading, but uh, it, I so agree with this. And they said the number one quality for a great salesperson is curiosity. And I really agree with that because I think that um, it's that dialogue and then it's that ability and willingness to ask questions. And when you're curious, um, you're not putting yourself, I think sometimes salespeople put too much pressure on themselves to be like the star and the center of attention. And it's like, no, if you can just be curious and a good asker of questions to try to figure out does, is this someone who has a need for what you want and what, what, what is going on with them and can you solve it? Um, And if you can't solve it also being very okay with that, um, I think handling a no is a really important skill as well. But that curiosity factor is really important. So if you uh, can kind of get yourself out of the way, that can be very effective. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the best ways to to truly reach the highest level in a sales role when it comes to, I know you talked to this a little bit, but really when it comes to generating qualified leads and going, you know, getting into the art of closing the deal, you know, because a lot of us struggle with, um, I know this with with my company. It's sometimes it's hard to get qualified leads, right? It's hard because we a lot of us, they, you know, we we want to build a brand, right? That that brings inbound leads, that brings leads, which is lovely, which is awesome, right? It's it's easier yes. when you have people calling you, right? It gives you that permission based sale, that permission based marketing to to talk to them, right? Because they're they're calling you for a reason, for a purpose. They're interested, yeah. but going out yeah. and reaching out and finding those qualified leads is hard. Right. So what's what's your do you have any like strategies or ways or methods of of really just generating those qualified leads and and essentially closing the deal? Yeah, well, that I mean, it is definitely a challenge. Right. I mean, I think you are exactly in the position that that many businesses are in and individuals are in. Um, especially, you know, one-on-one solopreneur, freelance, you know, salespeople who it's kind of like, it's the worst case scenario is, um, who's, who, who could use my product or service? Everyone, you know, it's like the absolute worst place to be in. And so it does require a really diligent effort to niche down, I think. And even if you could legitimately say, well, my product is, my product or service is for everyone. It just is. Well, all right, then why don't, instead of you focusing on that, though, you have to come up with your ideal customer, your ideal client, that avatar, and what, what, figure out and spend time thinking about who this person is, where they hang out, who influences them. And that has always been a big deal for us is if we want to work with a particular type of person, or in our case, I mean, we're really B2C, we sell speaking and training to companies. And so our situation is a little bit easier because I know exactly who my target mm-hmm. person is. I know who my target audience is. We've identified the company size and what the company ideally does and what kind of sales force they have and, and on and on and on. And so you really, the more you can identify that. So it requires research. And I think sometimes, uh, 
it requires making a difficult choice. And that means, all right, for a time, we're not going to go out after everyone. We're going to pick a particular segment of the population, men or women or professionals or young people or whatever, and then start doing your research. And this is where I think that curiosity comes in. And for me, if I was if I was in a position where I was trying to figure this whole thing out, it's, well, let's start, let, let's use cold calling for example, an example or cold emailing and try to do some market research and find out as fast as possible if this group of people is in fact who we believe to be our target audience and find those things out as fast as possible. And then if you can figure that out, then start gearing your marketing to match that audience. But speed, I think, is everything. And that means that that comes down to really disqualifying as fast as possible, is asking super fast, easy, qualifying questions and going through that as quickly as possible so that you can, I guess you'd call it fail fast, right, is, is try to figure out, okay, they're not our target customer. They're not a good qualified lead. Yeah, I've noticed that you can really waste a lot of time with potential leads or prospects that aren't your target audience. They can, you know what I mean? You can waste so so much time and effort and resources and money and, and they're just, there's no, there's no need. They, number one, they don't have a need. There's no pain points you can kind of help and, and, and there, there's just right. no interest. <laughs> and when there's no interest, then you can utilize exactly. your time somewhere else, right? You maybe, maybe, uh, and you know, we've all made these mistakes going to uh, networking events, for example, right? Andrea, you'll go to these networking events like meetup groups, right? And you go to a meetup group and, right. and a lot of meetup, these meetup groups, there's, there's, um, you know, startups, for example, right? If there's all these startups, they probably don't have the biggest budget. So if you're selling services that, that cost over 50000 or $100,000 or whatever, that's probably not the best networking events to attend, correct? Right, exactly. So yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's one of these things where it's like, if you just have tons of time and no money, right? You kind of have to weigh out, you have to weigh what works and what doesn't. So if you have a ton of time and you want to go to those networking events and just, you know, kind of a Hail Mary and see who's there and and maybe the next, um, you know, killer app developer is there, but really it comes down to, all right, well, where, where do the startups who've been around for five years, where are they hanging out? And so it requires a lot of research, but also listening Mm -hmm. and disqualifying and and really listening to what feedback you're getting from people who say no. Yeah. And and I I really love it how you talk about how you, you niche on the word no, because I think of business as overcoming hundreds or thousands or whatever number you put to it. Uh, you know, just tons of hurdles, right? You're overcoming barriers consistently, right? To get to the next phase, to get to the next um, level in, in your career and your in your business. So with with overcoming rejection, with with getting used to the word no, and it, you just it, it does. It's like it doesn't bother you, right? And that means you're overcoming another hurdle, another. You're breaking through another wall, another barrier, and that just you're basically reaching the next step towards all your goals that you're trying to achieve. So I, I feel like that's what you guys are kind of coaching and talking about. Is that, is that a little bit more of the, the philanthropic side of it? <laughs> no, it, absolutely. Yeah. That is what it's about. And if we can get people there, 
uh, it's a great thing because most people are doing everything within their power to avoid failure, avoid rejection, not hear the word no, and also simultaneously get all the yeses that they could possibly handle, all the business that they could possibly want. And so our point is you have to go through those things and, and, and actually seek them out and start hearing no more often that will get you the yeses that you want simultaneously that will improve your quality. You will become a better seller. You will get better. And then you ultimately start, you know, stop hearing no quite so often. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I agree because a lot of it, if you think about it, it's, it really is a lot, a lot of it is mental, right? Cause we stop ourselves from reaching our potential. We stop ourselves from, from taking it to the next level and, and, you know, and, and going for what we really want. And, and, um, and this regards to sales as well and closing that deal. It's, we've stopped, a lot of us stop ourselves in doing that because we're, it's like, we're, I call it, we call it blockers. So it's like, we're almost blocking ourselves from, from reaching our potential. Yeah. It, I think it, a lot of it is mental. I think a lot of it is mindset and just mm-hmm. to kind of like funny story on the networking thing. Cause you brought it yeah. up people, classic example, go to a networking event, which I think they're fine. And I think that if that's a place where you believe you can get leads, but here's what happens to somebody who has kind of this anti go for no mindset. They have that, that go for yes mindset, which is fine, except that they get home and they have 10 business cards because they had 10, maybe halfway decent conversations. And what do they do? But they look at those 10 cards and they immediately start saying to themselves, oh, well, this person, I know they're going to say no. So they they basically like trash that business card, throw that away, not going to reach out to that person. Um, and they go through the cards and they may throw 50% of them to the side, just throw them away, never, never contact that person again. Then they talk themselves out of probably another 50%. They probably throw away two or three cards, um, convincing themselves that the conversations they had and the people, and they're probably just going to say no, and it's not worth their time and effort. And so now of the 10 cards they have, they maybe have one or two that they bother to reach out to. The irony is, I mean, if you had conversations and you believe they're could be something there, then our, our whole point is, well, what do you have to lose? You spent all this time going to the event and meeting people, and now you are somehow disqualifying themselves, them saying now that you assume that they're just going to say no. Um, and wait, and now you've just wasted all this time. So why don't you make the call or send the email and see what happens mm-hmm. rather than assuming that you know what that person's going to do? Yeah, I see what you're saying. You're, it's so it's almost like when you have the the um, uh, say, you know, instead of go for no, go for yes. It's almost like you're limiting a lot of opportunities for yourself. Absolutely, yeah. people shut down opportunities all right. the time because they think they know better and that they think they're just going to get a no. So why bother? <laughs> and and it, I want to jump a little bit on you know just courage and. You know, in, in just your experience, Andrea, and your business and, and you coaching and speaking and training around the world, what does it really take to be courageous in business and overcoming fear and also understanding the value of the word no? And, and, and you can touch more on like the courage side in business and overcoming fear. What, what mentally, what does it really take to be, to, to reach that level of courage and, and just overcoming fear? Right. Well, one of the things is, and the biggest thing is understanding the relationship between success and failure. 
And it, I say this all the time to people that we talk to and coach, and it is, you have to give yourself permission to fail. And no one would start any kind of business and you and your brother-in-law wouldn't have started anything or built anything if you guys had set out and said, all right, well, we better not hit any roadblocks. We better not screw anything up. This better all go really perfectly and smoothly. And then as soon as you came up with that as like the foundation and the premise, you'd both say, all right, well, we definitely better not start because that that is a um, standard that is unattainable. And that's why a lot of people don't start things. And that's why a lot of people stay as mediocre salespeople rather than as exceptional salespeople, because they're not giving themselves permission to go after big deals, get big no's, fail big. Um, they don't give themselves permission to fail. And so really it is that fear that, that holds people back. And I say um, for every yes you've ever gotten in that moment, you had the courage to face a no. That is where that courage comes into. It's, it's realizing that that asking and facing a potential rejection is more important than the outcome. It's in the attempt and it's in the trying. And so the foundation of everything that we teach, while there's a lot of sales strategy and a lot of stuff about no, it really is about helping people change their mental model of what failure and success is embracing those failures and saying, I'm going to give myself permission to fail. I'm going to give myself permission to be bad. And then that's where the fear starts to diminish. It doesn't go away for some people entirely. But I mean, if I told you right now, um, Michael, get on the phone and call one of your prospects in your pipeline and I, you need to close them and it needs to be a yes. And if it's not, you know, then you're going to be in big trouble. Well, now the stress and pressure is on big time. Now you're freaking out, right? And yeah. if I said, but instead, if I just said, hey, get on the phone and it doesn't matter, just ask them if they want to take a demo of your product or ask them to take the next step with you, ask for a meeting, whatever. And it doesn't matter if you get a no, that's cool. And if, if they say yes, that's fine too. And so all of that stress and pressure and fear is released. So I'll, what we try to focus on is in taking action, embracing the no, valuing the no as much as we value the yes, knowing that if we take the actions enough, the outcomes will be what we want them to be with the right numbers. And also, in addition to that, it, you also seem less desperate if you don't have the pressure. Because I've seen salespeople where you, you have all this pressure to meet a quota or to close the deal before the end of the month or whatever it is, right? And with all that pressure, it's like almost you're going to do whatever it takes to try to close it. But the the on the other side, the prospect or the lead, they're going to know they're going to feel that from you, and they're just going to be like, "All right, this guy's just desperate." I mean, I guess if if you are, I mean, I, I I've seen that work for some people, but for the most time, it doesn't work because when you show desperate, when you're desperate, you lose some leverage. And when what I've noticed that when I don't have as much pressure, and I'm trying to sell, and I'm very passionate in my approach and I'm very honest and I'm authentic in my, when I'm talking to this person, they are, it's like, they can feel it. They can feel that energy. They can feel it. Right. And, and with that being said, it, it just leads to such a better outcome. Not all the time, but for most of it, they, they don't feel that you're desperate for their business. You, you feel that you definitely want to work with them and provide value to them, but they don't feel like you're desperate. They don't feel like you have to have them for you to survive. Right. And Absolutely. the outcome is just so much better. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that desperation does come through. And it doesn't mean that you can't be excited and enthusiastic and have good personality and and all of those things that are really important. Um, But you know, you you don't want to overdo it so much or or come across as desperate because people start to get concerned. I mean, there's just this knee jerk reaction, just like you were saying. And so if you are more detached, and you're more trying to solve this person's problem and trying to figure out if they have a need for your solution. And if you are the one to provide it in a very kind of detached manner, um, without being like, listen, I'm telling you, this is the greatest thing that you've ever seen and you need to get it today. And it's like, whoa, that really would freak people out. So Mm -hmm. it, (laughs) yeah, you don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really want you to talk about it, about your book, Andrea. So your best-selling book, I, I found it on Amazon. I'm sure there's a lot of other places you can buy it. So on Go For No, Yes Is The, that, yes is the Destination, No Is How You Get There. Tell us more about that book. So it's a short fable. And it's not your traditional kind of standard how-to book. We decided to write a story. So it is about a guy who (laughs) wakes up and meets a future version of himself. And it's so it's kind of got this weird supernatural thing going on. But we wanted to teach the concepts in a story format that people could wrap their mind around the idea of what go for no is, but also entertain them. And we kept it really short. It's 80 pages specifically so that somebody could grab it, read it on an airplane flight, you know, in an hour and a half. And I think that has been part of the book's success is that it is something that people can digest and read and get the, get all that they need in terms of understanding the concepts, you know, in 90 minutes instead of the big, Um, there's a place for big sales books. Don't get me wrong, but I don't, a lot of times those books don't get read because they are sometimes just, it's too much. Yeah. So this year it really, you're putting all these situations in someone else's shoes and you're talking in their kind of third person. Exactly. You, 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 you follow a story, which is just is, is, entertainment and getting people wrapped up into story, as you know, is so big. And it's so it really is what creates, I think, um, kind of more of a word of mouth. That's gauntless. And and the book's been I see the book has been around for what over is over eight, eight years it's been around for a while, right? See, see, see a, lot, <laughs> a lot of sales on it. That's that's amazing. Well, it's been around for longer than oh, that, wow. Michael. And I will tell you, we would need an entire another show <laughs> for me to tell you all of the crazy stories about the book and all of the rejections and all of the mistakes we made with it. Oh. But we actually wrote it in the year 2000. Wow. Um, and then we, yeah, I know. And then we put it on Amazon in 2007. And so really it's, it's kind of, it's the last decade that it's um, been selling as well as it has. That's great. And I know... Uh, you know, the author business publishing is, um, it's a whole beast to tackle in itself. I've heard some stories, so we could probably talk about that another time, but no, I, I really appreciate you t- telling everyone about your book. So I always finish the, you know, I always uh, close the podcast with these last three questions that are called the three hows. So how do you define failure? How do you define entrepreneurship and how do you define success? And this is perfect for you. <laughs> Yes, I love these questions, actually. Um, So I definitely define failure as progress. I think failure, in fact, we we encourage people to create their own definition of failure. So failure is is progress towards a goal. 
Um, the definition of entrepreneurship is to me really comes down to just solving a particular problem. I think that's what all entrepreneurs, that's what they do. They see a problem and they, they strive to solve it. Um, and the definition of success is interesting because there's success is so broad a term and it means so much to different people. For me, it's, um, for me, it's kind of a marriage of art and commerce. It's being able to be creative and have fun and also make a great living and serve other people. So I've been able to do that in large measure with our business, um, entertain, serve, and and make money. So I feel like I've achieved a certain amount of success, but there's also kind of that whole giving back um, and, and serving your, your community. And so that's kind of something that I want to do more of, but, uh, so that's like, <laughs> not, not a great, super easy answer for you, but just off the top of my head. Everyone that I interview always has different answers. Some, some similar, but, but essentially still different. And that's why I was asked those three questions, but yeah, I really appreciate that. That's, that, that's great, great, great stuff, Andrea. And, uh, where can everyone find you on social media, website, Yes, it's all go for no, go for no all the time. So it's a G O F O R N O.com. Perfect. And I found you on Twitter. So you want to kind of give your Twitter handle and do you use LinkedIn as well? Or are you more yeah. on Twitter? I'm more on Twitter and in, and, and Instagram now. Um, so it's at okay. go for no on both of those. And I do love it. LinkedIn actually. And I think my LinkedIn yeah. is LinkedIn and forward slash in forward slash go for no. So <laughs> Definitely got the branding going on there. Perfect. Well, there you go. <laughs> Andrea, uh, I really appreciate it again. Thank you so much for being on Tales from the Pros and, and sharing your story and insight with us. And I'm very thankful. And uh, until, until next time. So thanks, everyone, again for listening. And this is your host, Michael Giorgio on Tales from the Pros. And until next time, take care. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow our social media. Uh, there are links somewhere around here, but uh, we really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the support, and I'm going to be giving you awesome content continuously, and we look forward to seeing you soon.